0: On this episode of Branch of Thrones, we are talking about the episode Beyond the Wall.
1: Where our friends went beyond the wall. So what did you make of this episode, Natalie? I was not a fan. Oh my goodness. I won't I
0: don't think I was either. <laughs> this was my least favorite episode of the season, and I just found it bonkers and ridiculous, and everyone was being a dum-dum. So, like, the two major plot lines are Beyond the Wall and, like... In Winterfell. Arya Sansa petty bitching. Right. Oh my
1: god, how nasty. Uh, Maybe I ought to start on this, because as you know, I am sort of a fan of Arya's. And also a fan of Sansa's. Really a fan of sisters coming together to make Winterfell a better place. Could anything have been worse than this nonsense for me? You had Arya... I, I I could I don't even know what her plan was. Like, she puts forward this threat that's like, basically, I'm going to steal your face. And Sansa's like, all right, my response to this is that I'm going to sick Brienne of Tarth on her. And the next thing that happens is that Brienne of Tarth leaves Winterfell. And so we're left in this weird limbo. What even is going on, Natalie?
0: Like, some people have said that um, Arya is like... Kind of the stand-in for Catelyn Stark as like a manifestation of like Stark vengeance. So she dresses like Ned and she wants revenge, but it's kind of like a blind, blow-everything-up sort of revenge where she seems like what she wants to do is just implode the Stark family and Winterfell. So, like, there's all these politics going on, and then Sansa is, like, trying to keep everything together.
1: Right, but Arya it seems to be, her idea is that she believes that somehow Sansa is working against the best interest of Jon, or against the House Stark in general. And so she wants to take Sansa down, but how could she possibly believe that Jon would like that? Does she think that he's going to come back and be like, oh, thank God you got rid of Sansa. You know how long I've been trying to do that. No. (laughs) He's been working so hard to make things good and nice in Winterfell. And he's so happy to have his siblings back.
0: Yeah, And then just, you see Sansa doing her politicking, which involves writing letters and burning letters. Right. And you're like, Arya, you should be in on this. She's probably burning important things. And you should... You know, ask her sister be privy to these sorts of things, or you should be spying on her. But Arya's probably on the roof somewhere, like, looking at something. Maybe
1: it's that Arya has not yet been given a task. Like, she's just in Winterfell now, and she kind of had fun sparring and, you know, getting to know her siblings again. But now she's feeling real antsy after her world adventures, which involved a lot of scheming and assassinry. And now she's like, there's only one person here I feel like scheming on.
0: But she's so bad at scheming she because is. she's, like, scheming without an end game,
1: Right. I don't know what her grand plan is. Like, what does Arya really want? Say all the people on her list are dead. What next? What is it that she's aiming for?
0: Maybe she's just bloodthirsty. She's a bloodthirsty little wolf girl. Like, there's a earlier conversation about, like, rules, right? And how she was shooting Bran's bow and arrow. And it was wrong, but it was right. Yeah. And then I'm like, is this like another scenario where betraying your family is wrong, but it's right if it's Sansa? Part of me is just like, you know, you girls, you girls never liked each other. You girls never like, well, you never will like each other. And we should dispense all the sneaking and the, the sniping and just be like, Sansa, I've always hated you because you're a foo-foo princess girl. And then, like, Sansa will be like, Arya, I've always hated you because you're a disgusting, dirty little gutter snipe. And then they should just have at it. And then none of this, like, you betrayed whatever or you don't understand this. None of that matters. All that matters is they never liked each other.
1: Right, but I always thought they would come to respect each other. Like, Arya would start in on this, like, you've always liked your pretty dresses. And Sansa would be like, shut up, I've got a job for you. You're really good at killing people and I've got someone in mind.
0: I would like that. <laughs> I would like that. Arya would
1: like to be respected at by her sister at what she's good at.
0: What's also weird is that Arya is, like, kind of envious of Sansa. Like, she kind of wants to wear the pretty dresses and have the pretty handwriting And have, like, inhabit Sansa's life. Did you
1: get that sense? I thought it wasn't that she wanted it. It's more that she wished that the things that Sansa likes are less valued by society. And that things that she liked are more valued by society. But failing that, she's pleased with the fact that she can now at least emulate what is valued by society. Even though I don't think she can. I think Arya would get bored after one day in Sansa's life. She would be like, oh god, can I just go run amok in the city? And it's like, nope, you're stuck in Winterfell, in the pretty dress, writing your pretty handwritten letters. That's politics.
0: So it's like really unclear what Arya's endgame is. But I also think it's like really unclear what Sansa ultimately wants.
1: I think that Arya was correct in calling out that she wants to be respected by the lords of Winterfell. Even if she wasn't the ruler of Winterfell, I think she would like to be well regarded as, you know, a voice of power, not just somebody who gets ignored by Jon.
0: It feels like she's waffling right now. Like, she either just seizes- she should either just seize power from Jon and be done with it, But, like, right now, she's, like, kind of undermining him by not supporting him and letting people badmouth him. Yeah. And, like, she's just not – like, I'm like, you either commit or, you know, you be the good sister that you're supposed to be. You either grab power or you do what you're supposed to do instead of this, like, weird in-between thing that just, like, pisses everyone off.
1: Okay, I have an interesting question. What do you think – Sansa and Arya are going to say when they find out about Jon and Daenerys. Jon has basically bent the knee, so to speak. And nobody at Winterfell is definitely going to like the sound of that. But what about these siblings who have basically never even heard of this lady before? And now it's like, hmm, too bad. She is later now.
0: I think they might be temporarily united in their distaste for dragon lady. (laughs) Especially since, like, it's, like, a really weird alliance if they're, like, romantically involved. Yeah. Because at this point, I don't think either of them can have children.
1: Why can't John have children?
0: I would be very surprised if he was still (laughs) alive. (laughs)
1: I mean, the Lord of Light works in mysterious ways. I think if Jon Snow was meant to have a baby, he could certainly have a baby. I mean, if his lungs are working and his heart is working, why wouldn't his other districts be working?
0: I don't know, because like my impression when Daenerys sees Jon Snow's chest like my impression and I didn't look that closely because I was just grossed out is like it looked like the wounds hadn't closed all the way and I was just like is he just a corpse and he just is full of holes and like just magic is like keeping him going but like i mean they haven't
1: shown us shown him eating or using the bathroom or any other hints <laughs> that would help us figure this one out but i mean okay that was another weird thing for me this episode was Tyrion's conversation with Daenerys which weirdly shifted from general politics and her time as queen to the idea of succession, which I was sort of as shocked as Daenerys that he was
0: bringing that up right then. Well, I can see why he did that, because... Actually, he should have just brought it up two episodes ago when when she was about to fly into battle, being like, hey, you know, if you die, do I get the kingdom... I am seriously questioning Tyrion's competence as the Hand in that the only thing he seems to be able to do is piss off Daenerys.
1: But she's been pretty pissed at everybody lately. She got pissed at everyone she's had a conversation with for more than five minutes, except maybe Jon Snow, because they were busy having sexy eyes, but, you know, everybody else, she's just like, you're gonna betray me, aren't you? And they're like, no.
0: I feel like everyone did not do a good job this episode. No one did a good job. (laughs) No one. On the topic of not doing a good job, would you like to talk about the adventurers beyond the wall? Which was, whoever came up with that idea, that was a stupid, stupid stupid-ass idea. (laughs) And I could have sworn that last episode they were dragging a cage. Oh, but then, like, they're like, oh, we're just gonna carry this thing. And then you're like, how far is this? Gendry has untapped marathon powers somehow. Okay, so I guess he did well. I think he did well. He, he can run. Definitely. So he did well. The raven that carried the message did well. The world's fastest
1: raven. I've never heard of such <laughs> things in the Game of Thrones world. Remember last week we were talking about, like, oh my god, how long it must take for a raven to take news across the world. And this raven was like, like a little dive bomb raven.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I I don't know, I was just so frustrated. And then, like, you see them walking out in the snow, and then you're like, this is a bad idea. And then they have to, like, pair off and have these really artificial conversations that are quite charming in their own way. That was my favorite part of the episode was when we're just like, I don't know, it felt to me like
1: a dating sim or something, where it's just like, now these two are going to talk, and now these two are going to talk, and then we scramble them and we do it again.
0: Yeah, I thought it, I liked the conversations, but the artifice of it seemed like quite weird. Like, if they were carrying a cage, they could have taken, they could have rotated (laughs) and then like taken turns. Right. I liked how, you know, like, Tormund just offended people and made them very uncomfortable.
1: Right. But then also I was scared for Tormund because the first thing he says is, you know, I've got a gal back home. We're going to get married and have babies. And I'm like, Tormund, have you ever seen a war movie before? Because you just signed your own death warrant. You can't talk like that when you're heading out to battle.
0: But then the hound is like, really? And he's like, well, I haven't won her yet. And then, then you're like, oh, okay, Tormund, you're going into delusion territory. This is not your death warrant yet. Right. So I liked that, and I liked the Hound. Like, I think if the Hound wrote a dictionary, I would buy it. <laughs> Whinging, moving your mouth and talking, like, complaining. Yeah. And then he's like, Beric over there died six times. Do you see him complaining about it? And then, like, two scenes later, Beric is complaining about it. Yep. <laughs> And then, like, John tries to give Jora the sword back. Right, which
1: would have turned out to be an ill fated decision because he would not have been able to scrabble back up onto
0: the ice if it was not there. I just, like, when I did that, when I saw that, I was like, ah, John, just, get, like, Jorah, just take it. John, you're going to get it back in an episode or two when you, like, <laughs> take it from his body okay but how is he planning
1: to fight during this trip if he gave away his good long sword like i assume he's carrying
0: daggers or a little short sword or something but that was his good sword another thing jon snow was obviously spending too much time cave painting and not enough time mining Because, like you would think like they're gonna fight white walkers they should have like Obsidian arrows. They should have obsidian thing, anything that like you can throw it, and it's made out of obsidian, like obsidian spears, like things that go far away. Right.
1: Like the whole subplot with the dragon glass was supposed to be that it was going to make weapons for them, and so I thought this was the setup for the final. oh well, mm-hmm. this is not the final battle, but it is quite a big battle for this season. But not a single yeah. dragon glass weapon, as far as I can remember. Does somebody have dragon glass just on them in general?
0: So when they when um, Jon Snow like kills the White Walker and he like just breaks into like a shower of sparkles, yeah. <laughs> um, and all the other whites fall down except like one of them. Oh, that was another bizarre thing. Is like you know like they're on that stupid little island and then they're like fighting the the horde of the dead, and then they still, like, want to keep their white. And I was like, just, like, just kill him. You can get another one. You can pick any of them. You can pick one that, like, like is missing half of the thing. Or it
1: has frozen. Then you can just carry that giant ice cube back with you. By the time it's thawed, you'll probably be there.
0: But they were, like, super attached to the one they already picked out. And
1: actually, like, that entire battle. Okay, so they ran out over the ice, and it started to crack. So at first they were like, oh, no. We're going to fall on the ice. But then they kept going because they were being chased by the army. They land on this island and all the whites surround them, Mm -hmm. like sort of very intelligently and politely and patiently waiting (laughs) for them to come off the little island because they somehow sense that they should not go onto the ice because it's going to crack. But I have to say, this is not the level of intelligence I have seen from the whites in the past. Like, the White Walkers are different, but these senseless, nonsense Whites, I feel like they would just go storming to their deaths into the water, and that would basically be the end of the Little Army.
0: Yeah, and in the books, they can swim. Oh, that changes So I totally thought they were going to go under the ice and then, like, pop up. Yeah. Like daisies. (laughs) And then, like, also, I was like, well, that's a very convenient island, writers of the show. But that whole scene was a little bit... Okay, first of all,
1: you had the craziness of there being this perfect little island for them to go on. Secondly, you had Mm -hmm. the craziness of them just waiting there for the world's fastest raven to get to Daenerys, where they were certain that she was going to come and rescue them.
0: And then I I agree with Tyrion. She should have just let them die. Because then there wouldn't be a dragon White Walker.
1: Yeah. Okay, so there was a period in the middle of this battle where I thought... What if the entire Beard crew out here just dies? They are just killed by the army into the water. And Daenerys shows up on her dragon and what she sees is like Jon Snow and friends being completely torn apart by an army of the dead. And this is the moment where she's like, oh no, I really have to deal with this before I take the Iron Throne. And that's like her whole motive for the final season.
0: Ugh, just this episode was so annoying. Tormund, why are you here? Aren't you, like, the leader of the East Watch? Like, why, why aren't you keeping watch with, like, Sir Davos? And then, like, what was the whole point of the werebear? Like, he wasn't, like, a werebear scout. He was just, like, a werebear just wandering around.
1: The point of that was that it looked pretty sweet. I thought that that was some nice CG, actually, and a pretty cool fight featuring the flaming sword.
0: I don't know, like, I I did not like the flaming sword thing. I thought it was, like, very silly. It's quite cheesy, but in the perfect sort of way. I know, because, like, whenever he does that, I'm like, boop! (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, it should have a cool sound effect. Boop! Yeah,
0: like that. Um, It's like a slide whistle or something.
1: Okay, but I was okay with the flaming sword. What I was not okay with was the second deus ex machina of the episode, Benjen Stark, coming in with his flaming... I don't know what it is, but it did not look easy to use.
0: And then I was just like, Benjen, you're late. He was late, and Jon Snow drowned, and the Red Lord decided to bring him back for some reason because he did the gasp again. And you're like, oh, I know that gasp. He did that two seasons ago.
1: Or a season ago. I didn't even consider that that was actually a second resurrection.
0: He seemed like he was down there for a while, like, long enough for Daenerys to be completely out of sight. Right. And, you know, when they carry, like, they carry Jon Snow from the horse, through the castle, onto the ship, and then they strip him naked. That's right. That's how it's done. (laughs) And then you're like, shouldn't they have done this earlier? Like, it was probably super cold. Oh, and Daenerys is, like, oh, like, she sits with him until he wakes up on the boat, and you're like, no, lady, you need to be riding your dragons home. And then you're kind of like, where are the dragons? And can they, like, stay aloft for this long? Like, don't they have to rest? Yeah. This, by this point, like, geography is, like, magic. (laughs) Out the window. I keep on thinking of His Majesty's Dragon and how they have these giant ships that the dragons can, like, sleep on and rest during, like, long voyages. Mm, Yeah, that would make sense. And, like, where is Masande? Has she run off with Theon? What is Bran doing? Why isn't he doing his brotherly duty of, like, keeping his sisters from killing each other? And now the Night King has... Like, a a were-dragon. And, like, you guys have all these things. Like, you have Dragon glass, You have Bran. Why can't you, like, do a better job?
1: Well, maybe that's what the next episode will be for. Because this was, like, a real mishap that basically was designed to get Daenerys to pay attention to what was going on in the North. And she basically has to pay attention now. Like, her dragon is dead. Jon Snow almost died. She saw that whole ruckus with her own eyes. So that's why I thought even if every single one of those fools died, Daenerys would Mm -hmm. be like, okay, now I know what the last season of my show is going to be about.
0: I like your idea where they all just died. They all got slaughtered. (laughs) And then Daenerys was like, oh, shit. That would have been the ballsiest thing
1: this show did in a long time. Because Game of Thrones has always been known for kind of its big twists. And not just big nonsensical twists, but like big twists that really changed the course of the entire story. And that would have been a real Game of Thrones-style game-changer in the vein of, like, Ned Season 1. So I'm kind of disappointed they didn't even kill one significant character.
0: No, like, I think they should have just all died. It's fine if, like, Jon Snow, like, fell below the ice and then Benjen, like, defrosted him later. Like, that would have been fine. But like everyone else, Jorah... The Hound, Tormund. I totally thought Torment was going to die when they, like, dragged him. It looked like they were going to drag him into the pit. But then the Hound saves him.
1: Which was nice of him. I mean, the Hound did a good job in some ways in this episode, but then he did by far the stupidest thing, which was just throwing rocks at the whites for fun while all the other guys just stood on and looked at him. I'm just like, somebody tell him to cut that out.
0: Who did a good job this episode besides Littlefinger? I think I would give
1: uh, I would give Gendry the award for that because he was given one task, he almost didn't accomplish it, but he made it like ninety nine percent, which is more than we can say of most of the characters in this episode. Everyone else, I think, either made a huge mistake in the ideas that they had or a huge mistake in the execution.
0: And whose idea was it? Was it Tyrion's idea to, to capture the White? That person gets an F, and then like. Daenerys shouldn't have rescued them, Tyrion should have not pissed off his boss, Jon Snow should have, like, stayed in Winterfell and sent Sansa, and Brienne, like, you don't have to listen to Sansa, she's a teenage girl. Right. You're tasked with
1: protecting her, not doing what she says.
0: And, like, Arya, like, why don't you just kill Littlefinger? No one would be that mad.
1: Okay, I actually have a book reader question for you, which is mm-hmm. in the final scene or next to final scene when John and Danny are talking and John actually calls her Danny and she's like, Psh- okay, nobody calls me that. I seem to remember in the books her being referred to almost always as Danny from the one that I read. Did she have a problem with being called that in real life or is that something the show made up?
0: I always felt like that might have been what she called herself. Like I mean, I feel like Drogo wouldn't have ca- maybe Drogo would have called her Danny, but why would you call her Danny when you can say like moon of my life? So I thought
1: that was supposed to be like, oh, now we can see they really have that connection that he will call her by her nickname that is much easier to spell. But I didn't know if there was a precedent for her being like, Mm-mm, "Nope,
0: I am not liking this shipping." <laughs>
1: I don't see it as something that I get to ship or not. It's like Romeo and Juliet. It's in the title. It's gonna happen.
0: Yeah, but it's just like they've had maybe two conversations and Jon Snow for all his sexy sad eyes is not so good with the words. (laughs) No. At least like with Dario, like you had like Dario was like clever and cunning and charming in that way. I don't know because sometimes like Jon Snow just seems like dumb as a rock and witless.
1: <laughs> but I mean, he's got a lot of good qualities. He's loyal. He's brave. He's good at what he does, more or less. Like he seems like a real sturdy guy that you want on your team. And maybe he's also super handsome. But I don't know that he's Daenerys' type. Like I see her with somebody a little more on her level when it comes to politics, perhaps. Like, I don't see her with, like, a swordsman, basically.
0: Yeah, he's, like, the dum-dum she sends out to, like, conquer the world. But he would not win at a game of Risk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just, like, she is, like, worldly. She speaks, like, four or five languages. Like, she's ambitious. And what is Jon Snow besides, like, good at fighting? And has a loyal and true heart. He has died and come back to life. That's kind of novel. I just, I don't know. I don't know why people listen to Jon Snow, because I wouldn't listen to Jon Snow. So I was wondering what you think is going to happen in the next episode, because the next episode is the last episode.
1: Right. And traditionally, the penultimate episode has been when the big things happen, and the last episode is more to decompress. But I feel that something big is going to happen. I've been feeling this whole season like we've been set up for a big betrayal of some kind. I wasn't sure that it would be Daenerys who is betrayed, but something about her obsession with accusing everyone of betraying her this season makes me think that someone
0: will indeed betray Daenerys. What if it's Day? Oh my god. She hasn't been around for two episodes. Right. <laughs>
1: so I guess, like, I, I don't want to say that I think it's going to be Tyrion who betrays her, but damn, wouldn't that be a sweet twist? That would be something.
0: Because there is a prophecy that... Uh, Danny will be betrayed three times. Uh oh! So it says three treasons. Will you know? Once for blood, once for gold, and once for love.
1: Then what is the love betrayal?
0: I was thinking maybe it's Missandei sells her out for for Grey Worm or something. Or someone else said it was Tyrion who betrays her for family.
1: I just don't know that I like that. Like if that is what Tyrion does, he's had the nastiest character arc of the entire show. Like, he started out and he was a drunk and he had nothing in his life. And then he slowly started to gain competence and less drunkenness and even fell in love a little bit. But that went sour. So he searched for meaning. And what he found was that he wanted to make the world a better place. So he goes to Daenerys. But no, screw that. I just want to get in good with my family again. None of that meant anything. Like, that would really disappoint Mm -hmm. me. What would that mean for him, that he was just the most conniving and worst of the Lannisters the whole time? That would mean I hate every single person I once liked. What about Bronn? Bronn's always been good. But that would mean that he facilitated this, so he's an asshole too. But at least he never tried to hide his asshole behavior.
0: (laughs) Well, so, no, because I was thinking that... We're going to see a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to see a whole bunch of stuff. And then we'll see the Night King get on a dragon and he's like flying. And we're like, oh my God, where is he flying to? He's flying. He's like, cut to black. Oh. And then you're like, oh my God. Where is he going? Ah, I didn't like this episode. Yeah, it was kind
1: of a mess. And next week we will find out what he's going to do with that dragon.
0: You know what would be ridiculous? If he didn't appear at all.
1: Not for the rest of the show. (laughs) Can you imagine that? And that's the last we saw of the White Walkers. They just wanted one Skeleton Dragon, and now they've got it. Goodbye, folks.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Brunch of Thrones. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes. It will help new listeners find us. Have a question or a comment? We'd love to hear from you. You can tweet us at MBC Podcast. For links to all the things we talked about today please go to our blog, midnightbreakfastcafe.wordpress.com. You can also subscribe to our brand new newsletter, Wednesday Cafe. Have a happy brunch and breakfast, everyone.